Chapter 2 Jenny's grandma took them ice skating every year. There was a temporary outdoor rink in front of the pavilion for six weeks or so around Christmas. Jenny didn't look forward to it. She wasn't a natural skater like her older sisters. And now she was ten, she didn't feel like she could spend the whole time pushing a stabiliser penguin around the infant's area. They took the bus into town just after dark. Mum, Dad, Isabel, Charlotte and Jenny. Grandma met them at the entrance to the rink, tickets already collected and in her hand. "'Come on, you lot,' she urged. "'The session's about to start, and you're all so slow at getting your skates on.' Even with added deliberate slowness, Jenny managed to get her skates on in time for the ice to be opened. She wobbled over the rubber mats and stepped cautiously onto the ice. For once it was cold enough for the ice to stay frozen on its own. It felt extra hard under the metal blades, and for a moment Jenny was comfortably stable, both skates supporting her with ease. Then an older girl brushed past her, and another. Tiny movements of her feet were amplified through the skates, and any grip she might have had disappeared. She swung her arms wildly, grasping for the side, which had drifted dangerously far away, but caught her dad's arm instead. He manoeuvred her to the edge, where she clung to the wooden barrier. For the next hour she made sure she had at least one hand on the barrier at all times. When the session was over, Isabel and Charlotte wanted to go again. So did Mum and Dad. And of course Grandma did. Jenny did not. Dad said he'd sit out with her, but she told him not to be silly. She'd be fine sipping a hot chocolate in the warm of the bar next to the rink. He didn't need convincing, and Jenny felt slightly uneasy about the half-lie. She really didn't want to skate again, but she wasn't going to sit in the bar with a drink either. As soon as her family were on the ice, Jenny walked quickly out of the rink. It was less than a ten-minute walk to the pier, and Jenny half-jogged to keep warm. She crossed the seafront road and felt unease again. This time, not a feeling of guilt, but of excitement and a little healthy fear. What had forced the starlings from their roost? Her watch said 7.07. To be back for the end of the session, she would need to leave no, no later than 7.53. The entrance of the pier was bright and gaudy, and people teamed through it and gathered around it. Jenny went around them to the right and down some stairs. She cut left, onto the top of the beach, pebbles shifting and crunching under her feet. Now she was almost underneath the iron and wood structure. It was dark, but not deserted. People were bunched here and there, though none of them were right under the pier. She walked forward until the wooden boardwalks of the pier were right over her head, albeit thirty feet or so up. It was hard to see anything at all up there. Some light filtered its way through the boards, but slipped right past the nooks and crannies where the starlings should be perched. Jenny was prepared. She pulled out a small torch. Small, cheap, and Chinese, and very, very bright. She shone it around the iron girders and stanchions, ledges of perches, but there was nothing there to see. She wandered down toward the sea. It was a calm day and waves were small. She examined every column and support that held the great pier up, but found nothing. It was now 7.38. She had 15 minutes left. Back toward the top of the beach, right up against the metal fence that guarded the disused arches under the promenade and entrance to the pier, 
was a large scaffolding tower. It was covered in a dark tarpaulin, and it was over to the side furthest away from the stairs. Perhaps they were doing some work on the pier, and that disturbed the birds. She trudged across the pebbles to the base of the scaffolding and inspected it. Up close, it seemed less organised and structured, more random and jumbled. It was as if it had been thrown together in haste, or perhaps it had part collapsed and was waiting to be dismantled. She squeezed almost right around the back of it, looking for a gap in the tarpaulin. When she heard the voice... "'Where'd they go, then?' it said, in a high, almost piratey lilt. It was no more than a few metres in front of the scaffolding. The reply was a noise. Hmm. Jenny's excitement changed abruptly into fear and near panic. She didn't move. "'We were supposed to keep the people away from His Majesty's Marquis. You shouldn't have made me go donut raiding, though they were good and tasty.' I'm sure I saw someone poking around. If I catch them, they'll be in trouble with me and his majesty. And that's not good. Let's keep patrolling and no more donuts. There followed a sound similar to walking on pebbles, only gentler and quieter. It was close, then moved away, then came back. Guards patrolling the scaffolding. Whose guards do you think they are, boys? Seagull guards. Seagull guards? Laurie, what do you think? Cat, cat guards. Cat guards? Laurie, what do you reckon? Any ideas? Cat? Maybe. Cat, you wouldn't be able to hear seagulls. Maybe you wouldn't. Hmm. Jenny stayed silent, hidden by a fold in the tarp. She didn't want to move at all. Long moments passed and the patrol kept passing louder, then fading away, but never disappearing completely. She risked a small movement, a look at her watch. 7.50, three minutes before she had to leave. A huge dark shadow swept into the already dark underpier. Jenny felt the scaffold shudder and creak under immense strain. The guard's footsteps stopped. She readied herself to make a run for it, but a loud, rasping voice boomed out before she could take a step. Where is my supper? Groat! Where is it? What's that smell? Filthy humans, I thought I asked you to guard my chambers. Yes, your arch-majesty, Grote was the voice on patrol. Supper'll be coming soon. The raiders are due back within the hour. There's been no humans near, we've seen to that. The scaffolding shook again, and then sighed as if a huge weight had been lifted. A second later, Jenny heard and felt the stony beach as if an elephant had leapt from the pier and landed on the other side of the scaffolding. I can smell them, the voice boomed. They're near, I know it. And where's my supper? Jenny heard a heavy footstep, then another. They were coming towards her. She held her breath and squeezed back against the tarp. And that's it, boys. That's all we have to finish. Is it actually at the end of the page? Nearly. Shall we stop now, Laurie? No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Where was I? She held her breath and squeezed back against the tarp. There was a flurry of activity, the beating of wings from above, and a definite caw of a seagull. Hmm. The footsteps stopped and retreated. What is it? The loud voice asked, less angry now. A new voice... Sir, your majesty, Archduke Crackwing, my lord, 
Master Crackwing, my yes, yes, get on with it before I lose my patience, Archduke Crackwing said. It's King Pigeon. He's making a play on the old peer. He wants to send you a message. Show you his power here. He does, does he? Archduke Crackwing's voice boomed again. I'll show him. I've not joined my nephew here to play games. Brighton will be mine, and King Pigeon will be my servant, or I'll drown him in the salty seas. Follow me, soldiers, follow me. More beatings of wings followed, and Jenny leaned out from behind the tarp. She caught sight of a huge creature surrounded by smaller creatures. The smaller ones had tiny helmets on and swords dangling from belts, or at least... That's what they might have been wearing, if they hadn't been seagulls, that is. They were flying toward the West Pier. Jenny didn't need another chance. She ran from behind the tarp all the way back to the pavilion. She could see her mum and dad looking around. Her grandma was talking to an attendant. She checked her watch. It was ten past eight. She was late. She quickly ducked into the toilet and tried to breathe calmly. Then she stepped out and walked over to her family. Hi, guys, she said as normally as possible. Are we ready to go? And that is the end. Is it frozen? Yeah. Can you see on the sheet?